Hello and welcome to Ask the Oracle, the official Ironsworn RPG podcast. And today we're continuing our From the Ashes co-op campaign. Joining me again is my ally on this adventure, Matt Click. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? It is fine, uh, I'd say. It's a it's weird these days to you sort of have the knee-jerk response of saying, "Hey, it's going great," but you know, yeah. <laughs> it, but it's sort not of really, like a, but... <laughs> yeah. There's just a per- pervading sense of dire calamity, but other than that, other than that, fine. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're recording this on March 28th, so we're in the midst of the first weeks of the coronavirus impact uh, in the United States, anyway. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, I hope we're still all here. Uh, in Washington State, we're on lockdown, so uh, I do just want to send out uh, good vibes and best wishes to everybody, especially those who are on the front lines of this thing, whether you're a medical professional or a first responder or stocking shelves or preparing or delivering food. Yep. Uh, you're the engine that's keeping this thing running and holding things together, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm an introvert that uh, I've had a job that's been working at home for a couple of decades. So <laughs> apart from missing Matthew and my daughter and yeah. our grandkids and probably feeling a little bit more stir crazy than normal, um, I have the privilege of not being directly impacted uh, as of yet, other than just this sense of anxiety and dread that I think most people are probably experiencing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my, my situation really hasn't changed that much because both me and my wife work from home most of the time. So it, But there is this sort of like, if I needed to go somewhere, I can't really now. And like, that was never the case before. So it is sort of like a a different sort of feel to it. For sure. So yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge where the world is at right now. So everyone, obviously, please stay safe and healthy. Listen to it and adhere to the advice from uh, professionals, people who know what they're talking about. Uh, And I hope uh, another episode of this uh, irregularly recorded podcast gives you some (laughs) small measure of entertainment in this crappy time. Yeah. And on that note, apologies for the pod fadiness of Ask the Oracle. Uh, Getting another episode on the calendar has been challenging for me and Matt. Uh, January and February, my day job was super busy. And then every spare moment of that was dedicated towards getting Delve wrapped up and release. Um, and Delve is a supplement for Iron Sword that I put out last month. I imagine most people listening to this are aware of it, so I won't waste your time with a pitch. If you'd like to know more, hop over to ironsornrpg.com and just scroll down to Delve and hit the learn more button. You'll find out stuff and find places to buy it there. And Matt, you were helping me with Delve as well as you've yep. been pretty busy with some freelance stuff. And you've also been in a bit of a crunch finishing uh, upcoming book for Absolute Tabletop. Yeah, yeah, we just finished, uh, well, are finishing a 433-page uh, campaign setting for uh, our campaign setting of Dragon Grin. So that's going to be going out to our Kickstarter backers and some pre-order customers uh, this coming week. So that's really exciting. Yeah, and it's a really awesome book. By far, I think the sort of the biggest and most badass things you guys have done. So yeah. Do you want to give a quick pitch or overview on it? Since I know you sure. guys will be releasing it probably in a little bit of the time frame. Of yeah. So um, the book is called A Dead Man's Guide to Dragon Grin. And uh, Dragon Grin is a, it's a world where evil has won and heroes are not welcome. Uh, there's this tyrannical ruler known as the Dismembered Lord. He's sort of a, uh, a Dark Lord Sauron type figure uh, who was uh, once sort of a revolutionary figure, but has since become a tyrant and has conquered most of the lands of this realm of dragon grin. Um, it's dark fantasy, but there's some cool sort of um, some magitech elements to it. Uh, there's a lot of fun sort of um, these like twisted monsters and it's very like, uh, like heavy metal. Uh, there's a lot of heavy metal there. There's a lot of sort of uh, influence from our various loves of like nineties cartoons and science fiction and horror and stuff like that. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on and uh, it's tailored to work with fifth edition uh, D&D. Um, but there's a lot of fun sort of system agnostic tools to uh, both play in Dragon Grin and also sort of build your own dark fantasy world using those tools. So um, uh, there's like something insane, like 20, 24 little mini adventures in the book, little one shots you can run and lots of tools to build your own campaigns and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's really it's really come together here in the last few months. It was a Kickstarter that we did a couple years ago, uh, and we had to sort of push the timeline because as we got into it, we realized just how daunting of a task it was. 
Um, but it's really come together and we're really excited to be getting it out to backers finally here um, in the next week or so. Yeah, that's awesome. It looks really cool. And I just want to pitch like Ironsworn in uh, Dragon. Oh, Grand, yeah, absolutely. Especially like the uh, there's a region called Varnholm in the yeah. far north. And it's it's very much like Ironlands. There's it's sort of a green tundra near the south. And then as you get further in the north, it's just completely inhospitable, sort of shattered frozen wastes. And there's trolls and all kinds of gnarly stuff up there. So that'd be fun for uh, for an Ironsworn game for sure. Very cool. Excited to see the final book. Can't wait. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, diving back into our From the Ashes campaign here. Um, I won't belabor sort of a recap, but in our last session, we had uh, arrived at the village of Rockfall. We had um, uh, succeeded at least uh, for the moment in passing some news on to the leader of a war band about the the sort of the dire threat that we're facing of this um, clan of iron priests who are wielding this mega destructive magical weapon, a black pillar that had basically uh, obliterated everybody else in, in our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we're passing on this news, unfortunately, that the, that same uh, clan of iron priests uh, were approaching to attack and we, we managed to working with some uh, elves managed to uh, delay their advance so that uh, the village was evacuated um, and I was completely awesome and it was it's one of the reasons I didn't want to like do another episode because it's just like the George Costanza end on a high note uh, philosophy of life that I often uh, go by so I figured hey why, why mess with it why um, <laughs> You're not going to outdo that moment, so let's no. just uh, call it there. Yeah, and on that note, today we're using we're switching to roll twenty. Previously, we've been just for managing our game, we've been using a half-assed sort of Google Slide setup that I put together. Uh, but we're switching to the roll twenty character sheet. It's our first time using it, so we might stumble around a little bit. Uh, I apologize in advance if we're forcing you to listen to for us to sort of figure out where to <laughs> click on things to make it work. But it's fairly intuitive, so I think we'll be okay. And it's a fantastic sheet, so we might as well take advantage of it. And a shout out to Ethan, who's a member of the community and who stepped in several months ago and took over development of the existing Ironshorn Roll20 sheet and made it amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. It's so just, yeah, it looks great. Yeah, such a privilege that my, you know, tiny little game is like one of the best character sheets on Roll20. <laughs> and calling it a character sheet is even weird because it's more like a Ironshorn dashboard or something like that, you know? It's just oh, like all yeah. That. So let's dive in. I think we should just jump to sort of jump past some of the logistical stuff of us getting back together. Us, our characters, didn't know whether we are going to see each other again because you were just sort of proceeding on this quest to go find this pillar, this alabaster pillar that you've had a vision of that yeah. you feel has some connection both to the your enchanted sword as well as to the maybe uh something to oppose this black pillar we don't really know more than that you have a general sense of leading us up into the mountains to go find it so thinking that i was going to go kill myself you basically did a see you later and headed on your way so what i envision is me sort of after this battle while the enemy force is still is in disarray down in the valley there um i ride up to uh meet up with you. You were up on a hill uh, overlooking and you probably are waiting for me. And I just sort of, I turn and sort of look at uh, the force and disarray down in the valley and look back at you and give you a little bit of a nod, but don't say anything. And I'm standing there uh, with my sword on my back and uh, this uh, young wyvern that I have bonded with named Einar. And uh, Einar is sort of at my side Uh, maybe watching you approach with a little bit of trepidation. And as you come up and sort of nod at me, I shake my head. You have an uncanny knack for surviving insurmountable odds, my friend. Well, let us hope that luck does not run out. Um, We'd best be off before they send out any scouts to chase me down. Uh, And all of my uh, tracks are in pretty poor shape here. So that's one concern. You'll remember we didn't sojourn in this uh town because we yeah <laughs> we rolled a miss and lost the opportunity to do that and that's one interesting point too when it comes to iron sworn and sort of like the ever-present possibility of failure even when it seems like narratively appropriate to just take an automatic hit for example with that sojourn like 
we're in a known community. We're with a war band. Like, why wouldn't we be able to resupply and get healing and stuff like that? Right. Why, why even roll the dice? Um, and I think, you know, the sort of the scene that came out of that and the narrative uh, opportunities that created, I think, sort of speak to, you know, why that's not necessarily a bad thing, the sort of ever-present possibility for, the, for failure yeah. and the fact that the dice mechanics lean into that a little bit. Yeah. We got to think of it like a, almost like a movie where it's like, if this were a movie and we were showing up in a rush to warn our, our, our comrades of this looming threat, it would be strange to have a scene of us like sitting around, like napping and eating soup or something like in between the warning them and the army showing up, you know, like it it makes sense to push that tension uh, up to the, you know, sort of climax of it. So, yep. Okay, so you have somewhat of a vague feeling of where we're heading, right? But nothing too specific? Yeah. No, I sort of, I experienced this vision uh, thanks to my my blade that I carry. Um, and I, I witnessed this white pillar, this sort of antithesis to the black pillar that has been uh, plaguing us. And I saw it in what appeared to be a craggy sort of cavern, uh, this expansive cave. Uh, and I feel this pull to the north to go deeper into the mountains. And so I don't know exactly where we're going, but I have a feeling that uh, if I continue heading in this direction, I, it might become clear what our path is. Yeah, that sounds good. And something I'm thinking about both as a player, as a character, is what opportunities we have to, since we weren't able to resupply rest within Rockfall, like, is there any opportunities on our path here? Let's... Let's ask the Oracle if that's even a possibility, like in the direction that you are roughly feeling that we're heading, is there anything potentially that we could be heading towards that's a settlement? What, what, would, you, what would you call that in terms of chances? Uh, I'd say that it's um, probably, I don't know, fairly likely that we'd hit a, uh, another settlement in our path. Uh, we're not too far out into the northern wilderness, so... Um, Okay, well, let's call it likely. Yeah. I'll ask the Oracle. Okay, cool. Uh, and the answer is no. Oh, man. Man, that is not what I wanted to see. Oof. So that was 26 or greater, and I rolled six. Oh. Yeah, so we're we're sort of crossing from the hinterlands, which is sort of uh, hilly, rugged terrain, into the mountains proper, the Veiled Mountains. So that's yep. sort of what we're facing as as we head off here is these imposing sort of uh, mountains covered in in clouds and mist, sort of you know barely visible. And so I envision, based on that response, that you know there's probably some mining settlements here and there, but for the most part, these mountains are um, uh, unsettled and. Um, maybe, maybe even in this sort of area of the Ironlands, this, this rockfall sort of represents the sort of the furthest reaches, right? We'd yeah, have to go sort of the frontier town. We'd have to go pretty far, you know, further to the east within the mountains to find the nearest mining settlement. Yeah. Yep. So that's unfortunate. Luckily, we don't have any debilities marked. I mean, it's all sort of recoverable with some moves, but it just sort of forces us to take some bigger risks to try to recover. But. For sure. Yeah, so let's let's head off. What's that look like? Is your is your wyvern aiding you in that? Is is who's sort of taking point? Is that you? Yeah, I I think it's me taking point, but um I think the wyvern is sort of uh sort of goes between uh walking by my side and going off on its own, sort of scouting ahead a little bit and uh there are times when we're we're climbing these crags and sort of traversing this terrain and uh we see the wyvern up ahead of ways sort of waiting for us to catch up um but i imagine that it's it's me sort of uh, uh guiding us through as as best as possible uh, again i'm i'm not exactly sure where i'm going and i maybe even <laughs> conceal that fact from you uh <laughs> i put on airs of knowing the path that i'm taking where uh in my heart i know that i'm i, I can't be sure so we do want to give this journey a rank as we undertake a journey move here. Yeah. So not having a sense of where we're going sort of adds a little bit of complication to that journey, right? So For sure. even if we don't know the literal sort of miles distance, you know, maybe we say it's uh, it's formidable just as a way of sort of representing the fact that this terrain is very rugged, um, that we don't have a sense for the specifics of where we're heading, what we're going to have to overcome on the way, 
uh, et cetera. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Journey to the lair of the white pillar, or journey okay. to the cavern of the white pillar. Or cavern of the white pillar sounds cool. Okay. I just set up a uh, journey in the roll 20 character sheet. Very nice. Yeah, give that a formidable rank and yeah. we'll have you make your move. Okay. Um, so, um, all right. So undertaking a journey, uh, formidable journey, uh, one progress per waypoint. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and make the roll here and roll 20. All right. So I got a seven on the action die, a nine and a one on the challenge dice. So that's a weak hit for me. Um, so on a weak hit, I reach a waypoint and mark progress, but suffer minus one supply. Yeah. Uh, so we get one progress and minus one supply, which puts us at one supply. Yeah, that's rough. Oh, Knowing that we had to leave without food, I envision us moving pretty quickly, right? The first half of the day, trying to leave these people in our uh, wake, right? Yeah. Um, probably taking a little bit of care to obfuscate our trail wherever we can, but knowing there's only so much we can be doing it while trying to keep distance as well. Yeah. Um, but I'd envision trying to do a little bit of hunting probably or yeah, doing foraging, some foraging or some or way to get food probably not hunting am I, am I gonna go hunting with a spear probably not probably just probably a little foraging right i'm yeah i'm yeah. uh i fairly have a bow so yeah. <laughs> we're kind of out of luck there yeah. i'm fairly experienced like being on the trail like i probably like you know do okay like yeah collecting you know some mushrooms or some berries or some stuff to, and you know finding good sources of water and those sort of things so yeah I think that's what I'll do. I think I'll I think I'll go for a little bit of foraging action. So I'm gonna okay. make the resupply move. Yeah. Resupply is the move you make when you're when you're uh, depicting that sort of situation. You could be hunting. You could be sort of scavenging an enemy camp. Anything where you're sort of like boosting your supply, which is sort of an abstract representation of your readiness. Our readiness right now not great. So I'm trying to improve that. Yes. So that's a roll plus wits. So. Uh, and that luckily is a strong hit. So oh, nice. that's a nice little plus two supply for us. Me. Yep. What do you imagine you find? So I think what I find is, you know what I think I find? I think I find a mountain stream and the fish are running. Oh, yeah. And I, even with my spear, it's a little bit fish in the barrel because there's this sort of, there's this pool where they all sort of get jammed up right underneath a uh, fall, like mm -hmm. a little, you know. And so it's just, it's, you know, a little bit of patience standing on some river rocks there, stab a few fish, get them quickly uh, cleaned and, and packed up. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I toss one to your wyvern trying to ingratiate myself a little bit with it. So I have a, me and it have probably have a how to train your dragon little moment. I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, it snaps the fish out of the air as you toss it towards it. Maybe a little a little too quickly and aggressively uh, for comfort, just sort of <laughs> snapping it out of the air uh, and eats it in just a couple bites, and then uh, looks at you with uh, what uh, might be a wyvern smiling, just this sort of calm, uh, uh, friendly expression towards Aww, you. Oh, so sweet! He's such a good boy. <laughs> And that's our waypoint too. So we're envisioning our waypoint here is just this somewhat sort of tranquil, sort of probably somewhat um, majestic sort of viewpoint with a yeah. mountain stream and just take a moment, get our breath and push on. Yeah. Fill up our water skins. I, I splash a little of this sort of glacial water on my face to wake myself up and continue on our way. All right. Sounds great. So we're up to three supply. That's nice because we could, you know, we that could gives us a little bit of a buffer. Yeah, a little bit of a buffer. We got one progress on our journey. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, make another roll here for our journey. Okay. Ooh, yeah. that's a strong hit. That's a seven on the action die and a four and a one on the challenge. That uh, so nice. on a strong hit, we reach a waypoint uh, and we can either make good use of our resources and mark progress or uh, uh, move at speed, mark progress, take one plus one momentum, but also take minus one supply. So I think what I might do is I might go ahead and uh, spend one of our supply to utilize my wyvern, since that basically gives us a uh, plus two for a minus one supply. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm eating one of these fish as we go, uh, and I toss 
I eat half of it and toss the remains to Einar, my wyvern. Uh, and um, I whisper to him, scout ahead, see what you can find. And uh, Einar being refreshed uh, and full of fish uh, bounds ahead and sort of scouts the path for us ahead, finding us a clear path to um, uh, navigate, especially with the horse that you have. That's two progress on our journey. Yeah, let's push on one more time. Then I think we might, I think we might envision ourselves making camp. So getting twilight now, we're trying to take advantage of what little yeah, light is left. Yeah, the light and, is and waning a little bit. We sort of see it dipping behind the mountains, but we decide to push on and maybe find some some good shelter because I imagine it is uh, pretty cold up here in the mountains. I have nine momentum, by the way. I just want nine to momentum. That. Thanks to all that. Oh, yeah, man. all that badassness. Well, I, was I have seven momentum now session. as a result of my wyvern helping us out. So, yeah, pretty good with that. Yeah, we're both in good shape. All right. Should I uh, make another undertake a journey move here? Yep. I've got a weak hit. Uh, I could burn momentum to make that a strong hit, but I think I'm going to hold on to it for now. Uh, so uh, reach a waypoint, mark progress, uh, but minus one supply. So we're <laughs> back down to where we were now. <laughs> Three progress on a formidable journey without any misses is is a good day of travel as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, I agree. We uh we make pretty good pace and I'm still not exactly sure where we're where we're heading. Uh but um I imagine that we we go deeper and deeper into the mountains. Um we the terrain becomes craggier and craggier and more wild and So what do you envision as sort of like what what do we reach that we sort of see as a good place to so to camp for the night as the as the light wanes. I actually right? imagine that we we come up this rise uh, and we navigate around this narrow path very carefully with the wyvern and the horse. And um, my wyvern Einar disappears around this corner. And as we come around the corner, I see this, um, this sort of looming statue that's kind of dilapidated and falling apart. This uh, ancient figure uh so eroded and worn by weather and time that it's hard to discern exactly what it's supposed to be but it's definitely this humanoid figure uh half collapsed in the side of this mountain sort of carved out of the stone itself and einar is standing in front of it uh and i i experienced this sort of strange feeling of that this is something connected to the pillar it's an indicator that we might be on the right path. Um, and I sort of look upon this statue uh, and see that there's a little outcropping of rocks here and that it's set against the mountain away from the wind. Uh, and I turn to you and say, this seems as good a place to any to set down for the night. And I nod. And you can sort of tell by looking at me that my years are catching up with me a little bit here. Um, you know, we've had a few days now of hard travel so there's a weariness sort of settling into my bones and I try to conceal it a little bit from you. But as I go about sort of setting up camp and doing a little bit of just sort of scouting around the periphery here, you could definitely see I'm uh, my moving is a little bit labored. Yeah. I make note of this, but uh, I don't say anything. And uh, I, I maybe even say, uh, why don't you um, uh, allow me to set up camp? You can uh, prepare fish for the meal, sort of giving you an out where you can sit down and maybe <laughs> rest a little bit more. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, thank God, I think to myself. Uh, but to you, I just sort of grunt and nod. I don't know if we'd made camp uh, in the podcast before. No, we haven't yet, I don't think. I don't recall. Yeah, it's pretty much, you know, what it says What it says on the tin in terms of a move, right? It's a move you make when you're looking to sort of actively recover both sort of mechanically as well as giving that a little bit of a narrative focus. It's it's something you could gloss over, like especially for longer journeys. It's not like some people get into the thing of like, uh, oh, it's the end of the day in the narrative. So that means I've got to make the make camp move, right? Um, but every move carries a risk. So when you're doing it to sort of achieve some mechanical ends or you want to give it a little bit of um, breathing room in the fiction, then that's the reason to make the yeah. move. Otherwise, you can just sort of abstract like sort of the day-to-day -day, like logistics of when you make camp and stuff like totally. that. But in this case, we're, you know, we're suffering a bit. So it's a good chance to hopefully um, recover. Yeah. 
bounce back from that a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So we're going to roll plus supply. Our supply is only a plus one. My, and that is a dead oh. miss. But I could burn momentum for a strong hit. I don't know. I think I, I, think I, think I have you to. I think you kind of have to. I don't know if we want to pay the price. Yeah, we're just not. Yeah. That, so. <clears throat> so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to burn my momentum. Have we done that before? I don't know. I'm burning momentum, <laughs> which means... I've got plus nine momentum right now, so that cancels out the eight and the seven I rolled on the challenge dice. Um, that basically makes them essentially zero, yeah. right? So my my action score beats them automatically. When I do that, I take momentum my momentum momentum back down to its reset value, which is um, which is plus two. So your momentum value just has to be greater than the challenge dice, and then you can make those make, cancel those dice, essentially make them out uh, zero yeah. and turn, you know, in this case, a, a miss into a strong hit. Yeah. So on a strong hit on make camp, yay, we each get to choose two from that list. Ooh, okay. So I'm definitely going to recuperate. Okay. So that means you and your wyvern would take plus one health. I don't think your wyvern is no, down No, but I'm, I'm hurting a little bit. So that'll put me up to plus yep. three health. And then I'm also going to... It's kind of a def- tough choice without preparing. Yeah, I think I might... I might prepare and uh, give myself a plus one on our next undertake a journey. Okay. So uh, I, I think that takes the form of me maybe meditating a little bit with my sword um, and focusing on this statue that we're camping in front of and really sort of trying to feel for what's going on here. And I'm going to, hmm, I'm going to recuperate. So I'm going to take plus one health and I'm going to uh, relax and take plus one spirit. My spirits are high, despite all the things that are happening. Yeah. I'm feeling I'm good. A mess. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's just, you know, after we finally sort of get everything sort of prepped and the fish are cooked and I sort of um, close my eyes and I just sort of think of instead of instead of letting the situation stress me out i sort of let this responsibility we've taken on and this opportunity like uh you know build my spirit a little bit right like uh and then just by virtue of like sleeping through the night and stuff like that just sort of like rest my weary bones and get a little bit better shape and i i just want to say that uh as we as we bed down einar is sleeping away from us but when we wake in the morning einar has uh moved in the night uh, to sleep right next to us, closer to the fire, uh, sort of snug- snuggling up for some warmth. Oh, he's so sweet. All right. So we quickly sort of, we're not sitting here with like a tent that we have to pack up and load our backpack and stuff. Like we're just traveling, no. like with nothing. Yeah. Uh, I've still got like scraps of clothing on. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh my God, what a miserable night. I'm it's very been close a rough to fire couple all weeks. Night. Yeah. Yeah. It was just. <laughs> It is just hard here in the Ironlands. Yeah. I really wish there was a village. <laughs> I kind of regret asking the Oracle about that instead of just saying, oh, sure, there's a, we'll go swing by, you know, Winterhaven. And right. <laughs> I hear they have the best lamb chops there of anywhere in the Ironlands. <laughs> and warm clothes. <laughs> and some clothes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's push on the next morning. Okay. So, I'm going to make the uh, the next Undertake a Journey roll here. I am going to add plus one to that because I prepared Nice. So a I call. add a plus one modifier to that roll. And that gives me a six on the action die, five and seven on the challenge dice, which is a weak hit. Another weak hit. So yeah. it's down to zero supply. Ay, ay, ay. Oof. That zero supply. Not... That means we're, we are unprepared. Is that correct? That is correct. Oof. So that's marking a debility. So we'll mark that on our character sheets here. Yep. You will notice that in this handy dandy character sheet, uh, oh, when you mark unprepared, it marks it for me too. That's nice. Oh, cool. Um, anyway, that automatically takes our max momentum down to nine um, and our reset down to one. So it lowers those. Anytime you've got mm-hmm. an ability mark, there's an impact on your momentum sort of sort of plays into like your overall sort of capability, right? Yeah. It's not a it's not a penalty on each roll, but it's just like a little bit of a hit to your overall right. like sort of readiness for the situation and the, the how much you can sort of build up that momentum. So yeah. It's a big deal getting getting debilities marked. For sure. Yeah. Um so we've got four progress on the track now. Um, let's um let's roll the Oracle for a uh for what what the waypoint is. Do yeah. That, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Um 
you want me to go ahead and roll? I'm uh, already on it. I oh, got okay. you. Right, we're gonna right. roll. We're gonna roll location. Cool. Pass. Ooh, How pass. cool is that? Yeah, How that's appropriate really cool. is that? Man, look at that. Uh, let's roll a descriptor too, or yeah. a couple of descriptors. It's a dense pass. Dense. And it is a. Why is descriptor not working? Surely it's a user error. There it goes. Protected, oh. defended, wild. <laughs> <laughs> There they are. <laughs> well, protected and defended go nicely hand in hand. Yeah. So let's go pass. Let's go. It's a dense, protected, defended pass. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? How do you, how do you, what, what do you, particularly the, so, so dense I take to mean like uh, dense in terms of like the terrain is like. Yeah. I just take it to mean like it's a little bit difficult to navigate, like as we're going through, it's sort of widening yeah. and yeah. 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 Um, and then in terms of protected, I imagine that there might be a, like a, maybe a small, not necessarily settlement, but a tribe of people living up here, Ooh. uh, who are, uh, defending the pass, uh, from can outsiders. I, can I sojourn with them, please? Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to, oh, just maybe, we me can, up? maybe we can, uh, talk these people into sharing some of their like beef jerky with us or something. I don't <laughs> know. You guys got any trail mix that we could, <laughs> we could bum here? <laughs> and that speaks to another thing with Iron Sword when you're playing GMless, right? Like how much do you like let the narrative sort of follow your your hopes and wishes? You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. And that's okay, right? Like everything you do is risky in Iron Sword. Like anytime you know, anytime you're introducing people, you're introducing potential risk. So yep. yeah. So what's the deal with these people? Do we wanna um <gasps> giants a, can we make it giants oh yeah 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 let's make it giants let's absolutely make it giants yeah. um what i was thinking is like we could roll on the settlement trouble oracle and maybe see what they're defending against why or, they're or, defending it yeah against. why they're yeah. defending the past yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and yeah. roll on the settlement trouble oh roll twice nice all kinds provisions of are oh no <laughs> no no <laughs> Provisions what? are scarce and betrayed from within. Oh, why? Oh, Oracle? God. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. This game really does can not want us to can have I supply. Can I from our last save point and try again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, my gosh. We're like. How many, how many results are on that table? Uh, what's that? There's, fifth, there's 50 results on that table. Yeah. 50 results. And we get and we provisions got provisions are scarce. are scarce. All right. And the betrayed, betrayed from, from within, within is is really intriguing to me. It is interesting. I don't have an answer for it right off the bat, but let's let's keep that in our hip pocket, maybe for yeah. now. So what like what do we what do these giants look like? How do they up like uh, make themselves? Well, how do we them? even inter- how do we encounter each other? Would be my first question, right? So we're uh, we're going winding our way through this dense pass, uh, difficult to navigate, or maybe slow down a little bit. Um, and as we reach the end of this pass, uh, we maybe start to notice like uh, some signs of civilization, for lack of a better term. But we see mm-hmm. maybe carvings and totems sort of hanging from uh, things. And we get the sense that we are not alone here in this pass. Mm-hmm. I've lived in this area, so I probably recognize some of these carvings and totems, right? I would imagine so. I, I'm yeah. sort of leading the way, and I, I, my hand sort of drifts to the hilt of my sword over my shoulder, and I look back to you and uh, maybe look for uh, reassurance or comfort as we see these strange uh, signs of other life. And what I do is I see you're you're sort of like you becoming a little bit tense and maybe you know putting one hand on your sword. I sort of wave you off a little bit, like I just give you yeah. a look, and you see me easing my spear down. Oh, okay. And I say to you, they're watching. He's off. I lower my hand at these <laughs> ominous words, uh, and I reach over and I I place a hand on Einar's snout and say, "Easy." And I'm mostly saying it to myself, not Einar. Yeah, and you see Einar like picking up a little bit of a scent in the wind, right? Yeah. And we take another few steps and come around a huge um, glacial rock. And on the other side is a single giant. And giants are 
about twice the twice the size or a little bit less of a typical Ironlander. Mm-hmm. So they're not. This, we're not talking fifty foot tall giants. We're talking like on the order of nine, twelve feet um, yeah. tall in that range. So uh, obviously, uh, you know, a scary and imposing potential foe. Um, and uh, they're dressed in just for the mountain weather, but obviously acclimated to it. Uh, they have ruddy skin, um, sort of weather-worn sort of appearance, uh, long beards that they uh, decorate decorate um, uh, with sort of colorful ribbons, cloth ribbons uh, in their beards and their hair. And we don't really know as, as uh, Ironlanders what those mm. represent, but obviously they have some significance because you'll see some with one or two and others with a bunch. And this one standing before us has like you can't even see the beard through all the uh, adornment right of all these cloth ribbons and he's carrying a spear which is taller oh, than yeah. either of us um, by a good measure and as thick as probably our, our leg and <laughs> he's he's not like at the ready but almost casually but in in a sort of casual way that sort of says to us like you guys aren't any particular threat to me, right? And then you hear a little bit of like a rock fall and I turn around and there's two more behind us. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, one man and one woman, um, both facing us, both not speaking. Uh, mm-hmm. So who talks between us? <laughs> I uh, My hand instinctively starts going towards my sword and then I remember your words and I, I, I stop myself. And I reach out and put a hand on Einar and I look to you and I say, I had a way with the elves. I've never seen a giant before. And I've had a couple of interactions with giants, but not many by any means. Um, I don't know their language. I step forward and give a slight nod and greeting. And I've recognized like through the past that sort of like this is this is, you know, potentially like their sort of territory or whatever, right? Giants are a nomadic people, but they'll sort of settle into a specific right. area um, and then they'll return to it in a, on sort of a seasonal basis, right? So um, so this may be an area that re- they return to, you know, that uh, past probably f- relatively well protected from the weather and offers good route into the lowlands. Um, so, so I'll say, uh, forgive us for passing through your lands. We are on a desperate mission, I ask that you let us continue on. Is this a compel? It's compel because you're compelling them to not smash us into yeah. jelly and spread us on toast. So, yeah, and there's obviously also some stuff here happening that we're just sort of unaware of at the moment. So, I think that's fair. So let's go. Uh, it's a compel plus heart. I'm going to say totally. And that is a miss. Oh my god. It's a five on my action score and seven eight on the challenge dice. So on a miss, they refuse or make a demand which costs you greatly. Pay the price. <laughs> oh no. So make a demand that costs us greatly. I sort of like that result better than just a straight, we've got to turn around and find our way uh, around yeah. some way, right? Yeah. So what is the demand? Let's let's roll action theme and just sort of see what these what the deal is here, maybe. See if we can interpret that. I uh, I imagine that their demand is maybe going to tie into the fact that they have been betrayed from within. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I just want to get a little bit of nuance totally. there. Take superstition is what I got for action and theme. The superstition thing is interesting to me. It makes me think that maybe uh, the thing that was taken or uh, the betrayal was tied to some sort of important... Um, maybe like relic or uh, a totem of theirs or um, a ritual that was supposed to take place was, was uh, prevented from happening or something. And it has led to them being uh, without their normal resources. Yeah. Like foul luck. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like whatever, whatever happened, it prevented it's brought misfortune down upon their their clan. I think we could tie this all together potentially, yeah. right? Like they um, 
somehow had dealings with the people who went and got the pillar. Yeah. What um, if the and then one of their like one of their people uh sort of betrayed them as part of that? What if the I mean, what if the thing that was taken was the pillar? What if the pillar's from here? Like it was something that was important and sacred to the giants and they were betrayed and the humans took it. Or what if they were protecting it? Uh not or protecting it from others. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it. yeah! Like they knew what it was capable of. Yeah, I love yeah. that. But one of their kind, like in exchange for. So maybe what we're dealing with here is just like the remnants of this giant. Yeah, clan. just the people who are left. Yeah. The and the rest are now under the betrayer, right? right? Who granted access mm-hmm. to the pillar? in exchange for uh uh you know ascension basically as the as the leader um and how did the iron how did the iron priest like have the power to make that happen i wonder if they like essentially like the the giants are protecting this pillar from being used right because they know that what it's capable of but this guy who betrayed yep. them, this giant who betrayed them, wanted it to be used. And the Iron Priests are basically like, well, like we. Yeah, Doomsday device down in the south. Yeah, no like, big deal. we know how to use it. You don't. If you, like, allow us to take it, basically, we will, like, use it to, like, wipe out all of these Ironlanders, essentially, and just, like. <laughs> basically give you like huge swaths of land to live on you and your people. Right. Because his whole deal is we should be using this pillar to fight back against the Ironlanders and take back the land that they've taken from us. Cool. Yeah. I like all that. So, but these, these handful of giants we have here are ones who basically did not go along with that. attempted to uh, resist that plan, didn't agree with it and are now sort of outcast. And they're also like, yeah, no more humans yeah. <laughs> heading north of here because that just that that yeah. Caused the all last kinds time we let humans through, they took our pillar, and now they're wreaking havoc. So that's a lot. It is, um, and it's interesting because it's like you know, we don't know any right. of this, um, but in the uh, meta we do, but our characters have no idea. <laughs> so yeah, what is this? What does this giant say to me uh, initially? Don't come back. Do they somehow sense or recognize your sword? Oh. Uh- is that our sort of opening into like the narrative connection between us? Yeah, maybe. So I imagine that they're they're sort of like, yeah, no, no more humans. Like, turn around, go back to where you came from. Uh, and so we get it. We sort of get the indication that oh, there have been humans here before recently. Uh, and maybe one of the giants behind us sort of recognizes the hilt of my sword, or even just like the just the aura of it, or the something. thrum of it. Yeah. 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 Maybe the woman giant that's behind us, right? Yeah. She she is a little bit more mystically inclined. Mm-hmm. And she's back there sort of like cocking her head a little bit. And as the as the guy in front of us is is basically saying, You will go no further. Put your back to us and head back to the Southlands. You are not welcome here. My my dog agrees. <laughs> They have a they have a tiny uh, little wolf with them that's yapping at us as we round the corner. <laughs> He's so such a good boy. <laughs> um, and then the, the woman comes up alongside you, and you're just you kind of do the yeah. nervous like, <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like you're you're you have to keep craning your head further and further, right? As she's coming up alongside you, yeah, sheepishly um, sort of stepping aside, trying to give her the room to get by me. Uh, but she's sort of interested in what's on my back. Yeah. And what does she do? So I imagine she she bends down uh, with a, a, a speed uh, belying her size. Uh, and I sort of uh, take a few steps back, stumbling backwards. And she inspects the hilt of my sword and looks at the other giant, the one who first spoke to us, and speaks to him in uh, their language, which I imagine just sounds like boulders tumbling down a mountain uh 
And he gets this strange look on his face, looks at me, and then looks at you and says something like, uh, you carry uh, a weapon sacred to our people. I sort of look at you, say, uh, sword I've had as long as I can remember. It's been passed down to me. I have no idea where it comes from. Does that sword predate the Ironlands? Yeah, because uh, I think it's been passed down by the, it was passed down to me by the Skald, because that's, I, I'm a descendant right. from them. So what if it was like uh, forged here like centuries ago um, by the giants as some sort of like gift? Yeah, like for to, humans, yeah. To like an envoy or something, like in sort of like the prehistory of travel to the Ironlands. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I uh, I actually reach up and unsheath the weapon. Uh, the giant's tense as I do, but I, I hold it on its flat with both my hands and sort of uh, turn it so the light catches the steel. And uh, the giant says, that is giant forged iron. I I had no idea. It's just always been with me. But I've always known that it was different, that it came from someplace else not made by human hands. And what does he say? He says that blade was forged as a pact between giants and the humans who lived here long before the Ironlanders came. Man, your epic quest your epic quest to return your sword back home maybe is like a Yeah. Just uh, troublesome. I, I think I'm I'm <laughs> it's like here you go, just hand it yeah, over. Yeah, here you can have it. Uh <laughs> I think I'm definitely reaching a milestone in that totally in totally that quest yeah. though. Let's mark that um, while you're thinking about it. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and mark one tick, which gives me a total of <laughs> two ticks. <laughs> a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> I say it is not a weapon I ever wanted, but it found me and I'm afraid it has to stay with me. Its role in this story is not yet done. The giant nods and says but by some fate you have brought it here. It is not coincidence. I look to you. I uh, open up to this giant, right? I basically tell him uh, what has happened, what we're doing, why we're traveling north. Uh, whole story, hold nothing back. Yeah. We need to make sure we fulfill the promise of this miss on the compel, right? Mm -hmm. So there yeah. has to be something that is going to cost us greatly. Um, my initial inclination is that that we need to uh, do something for them that's going to be uh, pretty challenging. Yeah, I think the you tell this giant our story and the giant would maybe relay to us that that pillar is theirs. It's was under their protection and it was taken from them uh, and that they were betrayed by one of their own. Let's ask about the let's gather information. Just while yeah. I'm thinking about it on the, we'll come back to the sort of fulfilling the promise of that mess, but let's. Yeah. Uh, if you want me to, I can use my sword to uh, gather information. Yeah. Is your, is your sword going to be like whispering to you of secrets sort of in the proximity of these sort of the kin of its creators? Probably, right? Yeah. I would imagine that it's, it's very talkative right now. Yeah. Uh, so not, yeah, let's, let's even do that in sort of like. Uh, instead of asking these guys directly, that makes yeah. sense. So when I gather information by listening to the whispers of my kin blade, add plus one and take plus two momentum on a hit. So basically what I, what I envision you sort of like trying to intuit from the sword is sort of the truth of these words and any sort of like connection between these giants and what we seek, right? Yeah. Uh, the white pillar. Ooh, so that's a five on the action die, a one and a four on the challenge dice, which gives me a strong hit. Love I discover it. something helpful and specific. The path you must follow or action you must take to make progress is made clear. Envision what you learn and take plus two momentum. So uh, the, you know what? The clan of giants that betrayed them are in control of the white pillar because they're protecting it so that no one yeah. gets a hold of it to yep. oppose the, to oppose black, the black pillar. pillar. Yep. Yeah. So that, so yeah, so that's going to like weave into that result as well as the outcome of our mess here. Yeah. Um, Cause it. we, we're going to have to promise to help these guys. I almost picture the leader having some hold over his people, right? Yeah. 
because um, the giants are typically uh, uh, benign people, right? Right, right. So I picture this giant that is taking control of the clan, having some sort of either threat over the people or something more corrupted, um, maybe something that's connected to the Black Pillar. Yeah, maybe it's um, it could be affecting the giants in a similar way that it's affecting the iron priests and their followers and that it's it's almost like a sickness yeah i like that idea yeah so maybe maybe there was just something they they did that both made the people subservient to it and to him right yeah Uh, and then gave him sort of power over them so it's sort of like a it's a you know mystical and sort of corrupt hold over the people yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, and that's what they relate to us, right? Uh, so, first of all, what is uh, so your kinblade sort of responds with like you sort of see visions of this stuff, right? Yeah, I see it happening. I see this uh, this giant, this uh, maybe younger, less proven giant, but ambitious uh, in a way that uh, is different among his people. And I see him touching this black pillar and coveting it, and I see the the Iron Priest coming to him, making promises, and I see this this great battle that took place between him and his followers and the giants that remained uh, in their oath to protect this Iron Pillar. I see giants being struck down and cast out, and then I see the giants maybe even lifting that Black Pillar up out of the ground for these Iron Priests to use in their conquests. I see all of this, the sword relays all this information to me, and I, I look up to this giant and say, your people are fractured like ours. You war with one another just like we do. This pillar that was taken from you, it stands only to bring destruction down upon both of our peoples. We seek the white pillar. We seek a way to end this. If you will allow us to pass, I swear to you, we will return to you what was taken so that you may resume your vigil over it. I think I'm trying to compel him. Let's let's sort of continue playing off the other result because I think that our think we're still in the outcome of that other I think, result. I right? think you're right, yeah. Otherwise, we're going to get into this loop failure loop. Yep. That we yep. get out of. <laughs> yeah, so patented I'm- Patented Iron's Horn failure loop. I'm basically offering to him what, the, what that price that we have to pay is, that demand yeah. that, that he's going to make of us. And I picture, so I picture the three of them now, they do a little bit of a uh, uh, round table among themselves, right? Talking yeah. in their own language. A little ent moot. Yeah. yeah. And sort of, uh, but a little bit more of an anxious fashion. Yeah. And looking back and forth at us, looking quite uh, pointedly at your sword a couple yep. of times, talking again, a good five minutes passes of this and we, we were waiting and she steps forward and you sort of sense the like the true sort of like uh leader of this little group right mm-hmm. she comes up to the two of us we're standing side by side now and looks down at us and says you humans swear on iron is that true it is and she says you will swear now that you will find a way to undo what your people have done. In exchange, you may keep the sword for the time being, and we will see see what the White Pillar says and whether it grants you access to its powers. But I make no promises in that regard, for the pillars are fickle. They are older than time, and they have their own way. Do you make this promise? Still holding the sword, and I, I stab it into the ground in front of me, holding the hilt. I swear to you that me and my companions will do everything we can to set right what was made wrong. And when all of this is done, I will return the sword to you, return it to its rightful place. Uh, So I'm going to swear an iron vow. First, she says, uh, the sword's rightful place is far from here. But if you do this, I will show you the way. I nod. All right. Swear that iron vow. (sighs) Okay. Rolling heart. Uh, I don't get to add that plus one. Here we go. Strong Ooh. hit. 
No, we can't. I gotta burn momentum to make it a strong. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna burn that momentum. I'm gonna do it. All right. I think that's good. So that gives me a strong hit. Uh, on a strong hit, I'm emboldened, and it is clear what I need to do next. I take plus two momentum. Nice. So I picture the strong mm-hmm. hit is maybe one of them is gonna come along with us. Um, oh yeah. That helps sort of like, it's clear what we need to do next, which is just right. like follow this dude, right? They can guide us to where the, the cavern is. Yeah. Yeah. Or where the giant clan is. Oh, right, right, right. Cause we don't necessarily understand like the physical relationship between them and the pillar as of yet. Yep. Um, to be determined. Yeah. So yeah. What is that? What does that, what does that look like? Sort of the result of that. I hold up the sword it gleams and hums and this giant nods to me and says, the vow is made. You cannot break it. Very cool. And she uh, introduces herself. She is Kira, K-I-R-A. Can you make a note of that for us? And let's name these other two guys too. So I'm using the uh, giant names. Uh, One is Bashtu. Whoever gets the cooler name gets a go with us. And Chaidu is the other one. I like Bashtu. Bashtu's coming with us, yeah. So Bashtu was the was the was the main guy that originally. Yeah, with all the ribbons in his beard. Yeah. And uh Chaidu, I imagine, is maybe a younger giant. Younger, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm also taking a note of my vow here. Uh return. I'm gonna say um repair. The schism among the giants and return the white pillar. Uh, I'm going to say that's a f- maybe formidable. Yeah, formidable seems right. Yeah. I also want to say, though, I think we're we're likely uh, reaching a milestone in our find the white pillar and discover its connection. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, which uh, will give us one progress on that. Yeah, an interesting thing just to sort of talk about here in terms of like, there's a couple things happening here. One is we've yeah. sort of taken on a subquest, right? right. So in uh, in Skyrim parlance, right? Farmer yeah. Joe <laughs> has lost his pig and needs us to go find it. Yeah. Um, but we've also sort of just, instead of making it sort of a random sort of thing, we've worked to sort of tie it into the overall sort of narrative. So you could do that or not. Um, but just like in fiction where things generally have you know, connections and meaning uh, within sort of like your core, the core through line of your story. Um, we're doing the same thing here. So yep. as we as we work to, um, uh, you know, work on this sort of subquest, that'll eventually become sort of a milestone on its main quest, as well as a milestone on your Return the Blade, you know, thing. Yep. So we're yeah, sort of ticking sort those of boxes. We're sort yeah. of interweaving it. So we've, we sort of have this now sort of like uh new sort of side thing that we're going on, but it's connected to our main quests and will, as we, um, you know, as we achieve that, hopefully sub quest, we can mark milestones on our other vows. And there may be a little bit of overlap, but like maybe we're marking milestones on both at once, but for the most part, this is like, we're fulfilling the cost of that miss on the compel. We've got to go now deal with this thing, right? It's, so yep. it's sort of taking us off our path, but hopefully sort of looping back on, but just creating sort of new complexities and complications. It's no longer what I anticipated it would be when we started the session was like, let's take a journey north, find this cavern, do a delve, go in it, right? Right. Now we've got this whole thing where we got to go deal with this uh, uh, giant super and sort of figure out what's going on there, right? Totally. Deal with the ramifications of that. So that's super cool. Yeah. And that's probably a good place to uh, to leave it. Um, yeah. I think that's a great sort of stopping point there. So our next session, we'll go see what's happening with these uh, with these giants and hopefully yeah. make a new giant, giant friend with yeah. our buddy Bashtu. Bashtu here. Yeah. I'm already, I'm already liking him. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think we're, good Bashtu and I are, are I think we're going to get along just fine. It's going to be super tight. Yep. Yep. Uh, cool. So thank you, Matt. And we'll definitely, I think, pick up the pace of sessions here. I think both definitely. of our lives are easing off a little bit. And yeah. Things are calming down a little bit for both of us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll try to hit like a once a week or at the at the, at the the least once every twice a week sort of uh, rhythm. Um, totally. 
especially since I want to see what's going on with these giants now and get that figured out. So yep, that will be cool. Yeah. Uh, and why don't you tell us, Matt, where folks can find you on the interwebs? Yeah, uh, I have a. I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at, at Matt Click M A T T C L I C K. Uh, I also have a uh, Patreon, which is currently on pause, uh, but I'll be resuming that uh, here in the next month. I'm really excited to get that rolling again, and that's at Patreon.com/slash Matt Click. Uh, and you can also see the supplements uh, that I work on with Absolute Tabletop at AbsoluteTabletop.com. And I'm Sean Tompkin. You can find me on Twitter at Sean Tompkin, T-O-M-K-I-N. And you can also uh, hop over to the Ironsworn website at ironswornrpg.com for all the latest uh, resources and downloads and uh, find your path to various uh, community destinations there. Really appreciate everybody listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay at home. Don't be undertaking any journeys right now. Yeah, no yeah. undertaking any journeys. If you do, uh, use the drive through or curbside pickup at the end of your, when you achieve a strong hit on your journey. <laughs> so until next time, everybody. Bye. Have a great day and may all your vows be fulfilled. Bye.